All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Difficult Conversations by Supply the Why. We got an outstanding show today. Uh, we're going to take a little bit different twist and we're going to talk about the powers of positivity during a pandemic with Josh Peach. Sounds like one of those old tongue twisters right there, but it's a real show with a real person. So Josh is very special to me because when I first started out with the Supply the Y venture doing the podcast slash webcast here, I had no idea what I was doing. I needed all kinds of guidance. So I reached out to a guy, this guy, Josh, who runs a very popular podcast called Be Awesome. And he was amazing helping me get started from what kind of equipment I needed to making sure I take a deep breath before I go on so I don't pass out uh, because of uh, because of nervousness. So without further ado, let me bring on Josh. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Dean, happy to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic, man. I'm so I'm so happy that you took the time away from your family to come join us tonight. So, tell us a little bit about Be Awesome, you know, for everybody that doesn't know what it is and 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 what you do and and how you do it. Yeah, no, that's great. And this is fantastic honor to be here. First first Facebook Live, so I apologize if I uh, screw things up terribly, but uh Be Awesome's on my shirt. I got it right here. It's uh it's three periodic elements, uh beryllium, gold, and samarium. That means not much. It's just it means be awesome with using periodic elements. Uh, started it in 2018 and um, kind of took off. It was supposed to be the title of a book, that Be Awesome, The Essential Elements to Kicking Ass. And I was supposed to be a bunch of life stories and and things that got me through some tough times in my life. And uh, what happened is the, the, the name of the company and my speak public speaking just took off like crazy. So I haven't had much time to do much writing. Uh, did a whole bunch of traveling and started a podcast, and then the podcast took off with, like you do, having guests. Nobody, nobody wants to listen to the host; they want to listen to the guests that they bring on. So, you know, my first guest was that uh, I went up to North Pole, Alaska. Actually, went on site to the city hall uh, and had the only person legally named Santa Claus, uh, and he looks like what Santa Claus you would imagine looks like. And and have had a, a number of guests, ninety-one or so uh, podcasts over the course of time. And really, all we do is um, try to focus on, you know how to be positive in difficult times. You know, right now my keynotes that I'm doing, uh, it's titled uh, always find time to celebrate and it's, it's catered directly to public, uh, you know, public employees, you know, employees of public K-12 schools and local government agencies that have really taken a, a really hard hit uh, from all angles. And uh, you know, most of them haven't been able to take even a minute to breathe and just go, wow, look at what we've been through. I mean, think about March 1st of last year, we weren't wearing masks. Uh, the idea of being completely shut down and remote learning and all this stuff wasn't even on the radar screen. And then 13 days from now is going to be the one year anniversary that we had to flip the script our entire life. Um, and there was a lot of hard work and we've accomplished a lot. I mean, it's not perfect, but we've accomplished a lot. So um, I really just try to get people to maybe think a little bit differently or for them to remind themselves of how incredible they are. Uh, and then the last piece to it is, you know, I start every talk out with the reality of, I always tell you, if, you, if you're with two other people, look to your left and to look to your right. And if they both look happy, then there's probably something going on in your life because uh, depression, divorce, drug addiction, um, dependency, you know, the, there's a number of disease. These things affect roughly one in three people in the United States today. That's They're going through something traumatic that we just don't know about, that they're not sharing with us, That's that's causing them a difficulty to go throughout their day. And we always have to remember everyone has a story. Uh, whether they want to tell it to us or not, and just try to be a little bit more understanding, I guess. So, um, but we're having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, 
talking to a lot of people. Like so it yeah, because like <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy listening to you. I mean, you 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 have all these motivational people on. But before we go any further, you, you said something, and we just kind of went past it. Did you you yeah. said you met with the only person in the North Pole? Yeah, legally named Santa Claus. Yeah, he's crazy. So what was that like, and how hard was it to find that person? So yeah, so my mind works in really weird ways. So. uh I did my first two podcast episodes and I was by, I was doing by myself. I did them under my peach tree and my last name is peach. So, uh, that's someplace that I'm comfortable in my yard. And, uh, I realized after my second episode that I'm really boring, uh, when it comes to talking on these podcasts, cause you're just looking at a microphone, like this is cool because I get to look at you and, and, you know, talk to you and there's an audience and everything else. But when you're just recording, it's, it's very, it's very hard for you to feel engaged with yourself, let alone engage others. So I, I just, was like, I need to do, I need to start having guests. And I was going to Alaska anyway. And I remembered reading an article. Uh, I've been going to Alaska a couple times a year for the last 10 or so years. And uh, so I remember reading an article, uh, I was going to Fairbanks of um, uh, the, the city councilor named Santa Claus. And so I was like, Google search. So I did city councilor Santa Claus. And sure enough, there he was. He's actually you know, tried to run for president. He's done all these crazy things. And I'm like, this guy's got to have a story. So I just sent the city hall uh, email address, Santa Claus at North Pole dot, I think, AK, um, an email. And I said, Santa, I want to have you on my podcast. I'm not sure what your story is, but I want to, I want to hear about it. And uh, he was reluctant. And I was like, okay, I'll be up there on Tuesday, J July 27th. I'll see you at city hall at nine. And I was, I literally forced him to come and do a podcast with me. And so we we did it and he's he's become like one of my closest friends like he's I, we he's just he's just an amazing human being he's a, he's a christian monk and he he was looking for a sign in his morning prayers he was living in nevada and he he literally like he looks like what you would imagine santa claus looks like and he went out to get his newspaper and someone driving by said good morning santa and at that moment he packed everything chose a life of minimalism, moved to North Pole, Alaska, changed his name legally to Santa Claus. And it was all to um, support and try to bring awareness and, and help to kids that are homeless and in and, uh, and, and dire straits around the world, not just in the United States. And it opened my eyes to the realization that we have 3 million of our kids in the United States that are either homeless or in foster care today. And that's, that's a staggering number. And so we've done a lot to really help um, you know, bring awareness as well as financial support with our shirt sales to uh, homeless and foster kids in, in the United States over the last three years. That that's that's an incredible start. Like, yeah. I, I I wish that my story from the first one <laughs> was know what, yeah. even half halfway that interesting. Yeah, I got one better for you. So in that podcast, we decided to start selling T-shirts. So I, I mm -hmm. committed three dollars of every T-shirt for as long as we sold T-shirts to go to uh, programs that helped our youth. Um, and so what, the first one was the Fairbanks Youth Advocate Center, and we raised almost $3,000 in five months without even selling, without even knowing I was in the t-shirt business. And so it was in December of 2018, I flew back up there to present the check. And I, I went to the diner just outside of North Pole, Alaska, and I ordered their special, uh, their special omelet, which uh, had reindeer in it. And so, and I, and I didn't even think about it. And so I sent a text to Amy, my fiance, and I told her about the omelet and took a picture of the description of this loaded omelet with reindeer. And she's like, so let me get this straight. You're having breakfast with Santa Claus eating a reindeer omelet. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, I don't think it's Rudolph. So I think we're good. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so Josh, I, I got to get right into it here. Yeah. How difficult are you finding to have your brand, because clearly your brand is to try to always stay on the glass half full side of life. Yeah. 
How difficult has it been to do that during this pandemic? Yeah, when everything you wear says be awesome, it's hard for you to be a jerk, you know, outside, you know, outside in the world um, and your interactions with people because then you're not you're not being awesome. So every time you look in the mirror, you're reminded of what you need to do. It's hard. Um, it's hard no matter what you're wearing or what you're doing. Life has come at everyone in strange, mysterious and sometimes crippling ways. And and no, no exclusion to me. 2020 was a difficult year. I mean, COVID was COVID was tough. But I, I mean, I had a I had a whole myriad of other things that happened that consume me, that make it difficult. But, you know, the, the biggest things that I can tell people is um, look around, like, look at who you, look at who you associate with. Like, I'm very lucky. My, my tribe is very small as far as who I go to, but they're some of the most incredible stand up, loyal, um, supportive and compassionate people in my life. So when I have a challenge, you know, I've got people to lean on and go to, and that's something a lot of people don't have either the comfort or have the, the, the people around them to, or they've chosen the wrong people. You might have someone that was a friend 20 years ago and they were a great friend and you've gone different directions. So you kind of have to take an inventory on things and say, who who's in my life that's good and who's in my life that might not be so good. Uh, remove as much of the drama as you can because that's just, it's it's completely unnecessary. Um, and then and then take a, think about what you consume, you know, start tracking how much time you're spending on your phone. And, and I'm the first to admit, uh, I spend way too much time on my phone. I spend way too much time looking at things, but the the news and social media, it can, it can cripple you. And it crippled me in June, uh, May and June, as I told you before you and I really started talking, um, I was consumed by everything that was going on. I was devastated. And I, and I just, I thought the world was coming to an end. I wasn't, you know, I'd look eagerly at the, to the East to hope that the sun came up because I just didn't think it was possible at times. And so you really, you know, have what, to, what specifically are you talking about? You said that the social, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was everything in the, in the culmination of the social unrest and all of the riots and everything that was happening and just the, the, the country divided, not just in race, but just, we were divided in, in how people looked at things politically, how people looked at things socially, how we looked at each other racially. Um, you know, that it was, it was like, if, if, if you didn't agree with someone, you and I talked about this, like, you know, the black lives matter. If you, if you weren't supportive, if you, if you said anything other than that, that black lives matter, then you were, you were assumed a racist, or you were assumed if you said blue lives matter, if you said every life matter, it was like, you didn't know, you know, you want to care about everyone and you want to be, you want to be faithful and, and, and compassionate for everyone. And you want to do all this, but everybody was basing it on a couple of words that you said, and God forbid you said the wrong word. God forbid you said the wrong thing. And then it was just, everybody's all over you, you know, and social media, it was just, people were just doing character assassinations left and right. Like you and I talked about, it. it's like, Hey, we've been friends all this time. And it was just to set you up to let you know that I was a Republican or a Democrat and you're the other one. And I hate you now. It's like, come on, like, let's all just be decent people to one another for a change and figure out how to get through all this thing called life and with a smile on our face. And it's, it's, it's really hard. And, uh, you know, this I've, I've basically, uh, been on a 10-day revolving quarantine because uh, my father's now in a, a senior health uh, home and 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 uh, a rehab facility and and they they you have to be on 10-day uh, quarantine you know be, to be able to see him and I, you don't know when you're going to be able to see him because you can only be outside so you can't go inside so it has to be the weather has to be nice so in true in new in new england i may able to see my dad in almost three months and that's just really it's hard, you know, that's hard to be positive and he suffers from uh, dementia and it's, it's, it's bad now. So it's literally every day, like between five and six every day, it's groundhog day for me. I have the same four minute conversation with my father that I had the day before. And it's uh, and it's the realization that I'll never have my dad again. And I, I, I 
I cherish the fact that I get to talk to him every day, but I don't, I don't get to talk to him about anything. It's just, how are you doing? Did you eat? Did you walk around? It's just kind of hard. So um, it, it, it takes a lot of work. I'll tell you, it takes a lot of work, but being miserable, that, that takes a lot of work too. And it, it, but it's, it's something people tend to take a, gravitate to that easier too. Cause they think it's, you know, everybody's going to leave them alone or whatever their reasoning for it is. Miserable sucks. Okay, can I say that? <laughs> no, I am going to, I am going to jump in real quick here and, and just ask you, so how are you finding, or what are you doing to find the energy to stay yeah. focused on the positive because let's face it you are in the minority my man like yeah. most people it's like you said like you have the media you have yeah. people social media you have cancel culture you have all these things going on right now yeah so most people the overall majority of people are focused on the glass half empty side of life yeah. because that's what everybody's gearing you towards so how are you yeah. able to have the energy to, to go glass half full find laughter fast so when you first wake up, find something to laugh at. I, I'm very lucky. I have a a, a three year old that we nicknamed Captain Chaos. That he literally doesn't matter what day it is. He'll he'll do something in the first couple minutes of interactions just makes you laugh. Um, and then when I get to my office, which is a very stressful place, um, you know I'll have something. You know I try to have something funny. So like on my my desk here, I've got is speaking of Santa's. This is this one isn't my friend Santa, but it's sketchy Santa's. I just I just found it under my desk, and it's some of the funniest pictures of kids just being terrorized by the Santa Clauses that they sit in the mall. You just look at this stuff, like, like the, uh, the book stuff my dad says, like find something funny, um, call Zappos and press two for the joke of the day. Like there's something about laughter that gets you to get past a lot of stuff. Um, and then the second thing is, is that nobody ever said you couldn't reset your day and they didn't, that nobody's ever said when you can do it. So if time's overwhelming and you got to step away, that's when you just have to kind of take a, a, a hard reset and just kind of say, you know what, I can't get I can't get through all the stuff that I've gotten on my plate right now. I'm just going to step away for ten minutes. I'm going to do a complete like brainwash reset of myself. I'm going to come back and try to tackle what I can and realize I can only tackle what I can tackle. Like if if you know you're doing your best, that's probably the best that you can do. So there's no sense to beat yourself up about it. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a perfectionist in my work, and so I have a bit of a hard time with that sometimes, but. You know, sometimes you just, I mean, today I was completely overwhelmed with everything and, and getting ready for this. And, and, uh, I walked out just to kind of take a break and there's Amy making, you know, making a sandwich. And I was able to take a couple of minutes and just grab something to eat and kind of just decompress and reset. And, uh, you know, staying in that moment of misery, just, you got to get out of it as quick as, as possible, but laughter is laughter is key. Now that all that sounds like great advice, you know, taking a moment to stop and smell the roses. Like that's a saying yeah. that everybody's heard, but it seems to me like with everything that's going on, it's more important to do that now than ever. Just taking mm -hmm. stock of things that, um, that make life worth living. Yeah. Because like you said, a year ago, we, we would, we wouldn't have been able to process where yeah. we are right now. Like if someone had told you that, Hey, a year from now, this is where we're going to be. You'd, you'd been looking off a of cameras thinking that you were getting punked. Yeah, but here we are, and um and and yeah, I think one of the one of the big take homes that I've gotten just from from life, and like you said, like you know, I I, I sympathize with what you're going through with your father. Mm -hmm. uh, I've talked about it time and time again. I lost my father in 2019, um, and it was weeks before I was um, going to complete a promise I had made him to complete my my master's degree. So that was difficult, but you know, but but I find positivity in the fact that I submitted my very last assignment of grad school 
at his bedside. Yep. And he was still able to talk at that time. And I was able to turn my computer around and say, I did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, yeah, one of the things that, if I don't mean to interrupt you, but one of the things that's that's vitally important in people's lives that that I'm still a work in progress in is is to make sure it's not a bucket list, but there's a lot of things in life that that we want from people or that we want to give people that we don't get the chance to do. And we go, I wish I got that chance. And, you know, one of them was my uh, my grandmother who was a Portuguese immigrant from Madeira, uh, moved my grandfather, my grandmother moved with my mom when she was 12 and her brother on May 13th, 1966, and gave up everything, had just a few hundred dollars to their name to give us an opportunity at a better life here. And my grandfather, who was my hero, um, but, you know, lived his life as a, as, as a custodian and working in a, in a, a machine shop, um, I never got to say thank you. He sacrificed his whole life, and I never got to say thank you. And and he packed his entire life at my age, forty five, just a little bit older than me. Packed his entire life in one suitcase to give me a chance, and I never got to say thank you. So, you know, in two thousand and sixteen, I got to have my grandmother come and be in an audience of a couple hundred people, and put a picture of the Madeira of the island up, and had her come in, and had, she had a standing ovation. I got to say thank you. Um, and with my dad, my dad never, my dad and I weren't weren't. We never said we loved each other. We never said I love you. We, my dad is a Vietnam helicopter pilot for the 101st Airborne, the tip of the spear, as they were referred to. My dad's a guy's guy, always wearing flannel shirts. And if he wasn't cutting something up, he was building something. And if it couldn't be fixed with duct tape or super glue, it couldn't be fixed. And uh, and he's just a great guy. But we, I never said I love you, and he never said I love you back. And you know, just a couple of months ago, I was making reference to it, and we were getting off the phone. And even though he's got dementia, we, I said good night, Dad, and he said I love you. And I said, I love you too, dad. And that's, that was huge because I, I don't know that I would be able to live my life with my dad passing, uh, which will happen inevitably um, without him knowing that at least I said it. Um, and so that's something a lot of people carry that they're just, they're either, they, they either think that they have tomorrow or they just don't know how to say it. And, you know, the only thing I can say is say, say whatever you feel and however you feel, as long as it's positive and as long as it makes you feel good, say it and get it out there um, because it'll make all the difference in the world. Amen to that, man. It's um, you know, the one of the things that you know that I like to talk about sometimes when I when I talk to kids and and uh you know, I gave a speech a while back to a group of high school kids and I said, be conscious of the fact that tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to hear. You know, in, in my line of work, in my day job, that's something that we are probably more aware of than the normal person because we see so much finality as as um as law enforcement. But you know, to to regular people, I you know, people that don't deal with the, with that uh, awfulness, it's a hard thing to hear that you know you could be here one minute, yeah, and gone the next, and it and you might not even know it. It might it might be something that's beyond your control. It usually is something that's beyond your control. Yeah, so you need to um kind of seize the moment. I'm 12 days away. What what's the anniversary day of um the announcement of the closing down the country? I'm I'm on March 13th. I also almost died eating a prime rib sandwich. I almost choked to death um, and stopped breathing for a, quite a period of time. Uh, and a friend and, and my hero, Paul Anastasi, performed the Heimlich maneuver, broke two ribs, and uh, bro brought me back to life. They say if you break a rib that you're successful in performing the Heimlich, I guess. He broke two, so he did a really good job. Um, <laughs> but I even have short-term memory loss with that. I do. I, I know. I, I, I felt it. I mean, I, I, saw, I believe I saw what my death was going to look like. And I got a second chance at living, and even I take it for granted sometimes. But yeah, it's every day is a blessing. You know, that's we got to be reminded of that. Uh, that's uh, that's a crazy story. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? That's the first yeah. time of this. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so March 13th, I was in Atlantic City, 2017. Uh, I was in Atlantic City delivering a keynote, and uh, people in New Jersey—I mean, people everywhere—great. I mean, don't let don't let the uh, news and everything fool you. Um, New Jersey's got some amazing people, and it was for the facility directors of public schools, and uh, majority of guys. Um, and I got done with the keynote and I always say, I get to talk to everybody, but I get to talk to nobody. When I deliver a keynote, I'm on a stage, you know, hundreds of people in the audience, but no interaction, direct interaction. So they invited me down to their trade show. And I, I, I said, absolutely. So I went down and as soon as I walked in guys, high five and hugging me, one hands me a beer. I took a sip of this beer. It was the most delicious beer I ever had. And, um, Stella, I think it was a Stella. Uh, it doesn't matter. It was just delicious. And the next thing I know, someone hands me a sandwich and I take a bite of that sandwich. And it was like, it was just, it was amazing. It was just like this. It was almost like a euphoric taste of food. It was like, it was my last, it was my last supper. I right? oh, no. uh, So I go to take my, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh you, but, yeah, you. but I mean, but I took the second bite of my sandwich and apparently it was like the size of a Volkswagen because I was so excited from the first bite. Um, and I inhaled it and, uh, I stopped breathing like the food got lodged in my throat and I didn't do any of this. I didn't do anything. What I did is I just leaned over on a, a high top table, hoping apparently that it would dislodge and I blacked out and uh, I was out for a bit. I mean, I, I don't know anything really. I don't really remember much else other than when I came through and I was sitting in a chair and I was just a disaster. Um, and, and the paramedics were doing all these tests on me and, and uh, basically um, tried to bring me to the hospital. And I den I denied, the hospital ride and instead drove home from Atlantic city, New Jersey in the middle of the night to tell Amy that, uh, that she, that I almost died eating a prime rib sandwich. And, uh, she said, you know, there's phones for that. And I was like, yeah, I thought this was a little bit more serious. And, uh, I was supposed to return my rental car to Philadelphia. I forgot that part too. So, um, I just stayed home for the next couple of days and just kind of thought about life and all that goes with it and realized that almost lost it to a sandwich. So, uh, I haven't had prime rib since. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of my favorite meals. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, yeah. That's 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 a crazy story, um, yeah. Josh. And I'm certainly glad that the prime rib did not win. Yeah, I didn't get the best able to overcome. So, Josh, moving on from there. So, yeah. as far as your business, you yeah. know, so the Be Awesome brand. Yeah. So, how has that been affected with everything that's going on? And how have, you, how have you had to change your business model? Because there's a lot of people out there that own businesses that have yeah. things that they want to do. So what advice do you, can you give us? Yeah, I was totally devastated. Um, so I, I worked for a startup um, going back to 2004, and I became their corporate evangelist. So Be Awesome's public. So I, I make money from primarily from speaking with, with regard to Be Awesome doing keynotes. I'm sorry, Josh, evangelist? Yeah, so evangelist for a software company. I was an evangelist. So I had two, I had two sources of revenue. What is, it? what is an evangelist is what I'm asking. So, like, oh, an, ev like, an evangelist. Yeah. The, so the, the corporate evangelist is the third definition, which is someone that speaks enthusiastically about something they're passionate about, nothing tied with religion. Um, so it's basically an outward facing employee that's that's the ambassador of goodwill to their clients and is is doing the best that they can internally to making sure that the employees are, uh, you know, culture is being retained and employees understand what their what their purpose and their meaningful work is. So um so basically in 2020, I was I was collecting a, a W-2, a paycheck from a software company that I've been with for a while to go out and do speaking. So instead of pay, uh, a group supply the Y paying me to speak, 
um, this company was paying me. And then I had other gigs that was I was booking for Be Awesome that they were paying Be Awesome directly. So it was um, basically I was billing in two different ways. Um, and then when March 13th hit, I had 39, my remaining 39 events uh, for the year all canceled within 100 hours on both ends. Um, so I had no income um, from Be Awesome. I had income from the uh, software company, but because all those events canceled and everything seemed like it was not going to be turning around, uh, my position there was eliminated in, in November. So, um, which completely understandable. I would, I'm, I'm amazed that they kept me around as long as they did with everything. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it, January 1st was a very, uh, very easy wake up call for me because I just said, anything that I get in 2021 is a bonus because right now I'm forecasting just about zero in revenue. Um, I sold t-shirts, uh, was basically how I sold t-shirts and I sold, uh, face masks when, uh, this whole thing first started, I, I had 500 face masks made just to make a few bucks, uh, to offset, you know, the loss of loss of, uh, revenue. And then I've been selling t-shirts. Um, and, uh, that obviously isn't going to make, make ends meet. I'm fortunate that I, I was able to get another position, uh, with an, with another software company that I've been employed at since December, which is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, we were we were crushed. Like if I just had to be awesome, I'd be I'd be in really really bad shape, and um, and definitely uh, not a lot of not a lot of opportunity. I mean, you don't make money on podcasts. You have to be really good with what you do. You have to have a huge following. You have that's a fact, up, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. That's yeah. a fact. <laughs> and, and 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 in your position and my position, we're never going to sell out. So we're not going to mm -hmm. say. Hey, you can put whatever ad you want on here because I want money. It's going to be stuff you believe in. It's going to be stuff that's tied to the brand. Like I'll never promote a company or allow a promotion of a company that I don't believe in wholeheartedly that I'm willing to call because one of my listeners has a bad experience with it. And I'm expecting that they don't have a bad experience. Those companies are hard to find. So, um, so my, my business is in speaking, you know, fortunately right now, um, the last three weeks, it's been amazing. A lot of the people that canceled have been reaching back out to me. Um, these people all suffered too. Like associations and organizations, they didn't get to have their events in 2020. So they got no revenue. And so for them to call me and say that they want to pay me to come to their event um, without having a keynote sponsor or just, just saying that they need to have you, um, that's a great feeling. And that's that that retainment of hope that uh, that things are going to get better. And that's what I've been waiting for for you know almost a year. So I'm going back on the road. Uh, my first my first keynote is in uh, ju on June fourth, and then I'm doing one on June twenty first, and I'm limiting it to fifteen to twenty this year because mm -hmm. prior to this, the the, the byproduct that's good, uh, depending on what side of the house you talk to, I've been home for a year, which I was traveling one hundred and eighty days a year prior to this for the last five years, so um, I'm home a lot, and I and I do enjoy it. It's uh, I, I get to see you know I get to see my kids grow up, um, I get to be home you know, every day and, and realize all the projects that I'm way behind on and uh, get to, you know, it just, it's just kind of a, a, a different feeling. It's uh, it's taken a little bit of getting used to even after a year. That's, that's unbelievable. So I just want to go to the chat real quick, Josh. Yep. So we have, uh, we have Trisha who says she is new to supply the why, but can't wait to delve into the Facebook page. Thanks for <laughs> sharing that close call with death. It's crazy how close we all are. Yeah. Uh, Trisha, first of all, welcome. Uh, we're, we're happy to have. We always like when new visitors come along. Uh, hopefully, you enjoy this content, and it'll encourage you to bring other people back. So let's open it up to questions in the chat. So, so if anybody has questions, this is the guy 
that you want to talk to about about how to find a, a positive out of a negative. As you just heard, he lost his day job. He lost his personal business. All in what the matter a matter of what a week or two? A hundred hours. In a hundred hours. Yeah, yeah. It was March sixteenth to March twentieth. I guess it was the. So, uh, so in two and a half weeks. No, he two, lost f- no four days. Two and a half business weeks. Yeah. Oh Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was able to rebound, and here he is. He's back on the, you know, he's back on the on the grind again. He's he's doing well. He's an evangelist. Something that I got to be honest. Outside yeah. of it being the last name of somebody that I'm I'm friends with, I never heard evangelist. Yeah, and, it's and, really yeah. If, if anybody's in a, if anybody's in business, um, and they really want someone that's it, it's really it's a it's a sales role. It's it's you're selling. I mean, it, if you're I always say if you're not buying, you're selling. So everyone's born a salesperson, but it's really it's a great it's a great opportunity if if a company wants to really get a gauge on what they do and how they do it, and then set. Um, an understanding of why your work matters. An evangelist role, a good evangelist role, will will really knock it out of the park. Guy Kawasaki is the godfather of evangelism. He was at Apple in the '80s and then went back in the '90s. So, um, but yeah, it's a great role. And and I just I don't mean to say, it, but the 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 threads moving pretty quick. But someone said, you know, grad, make gratitude your attitude. Hundred percent. That's one of the greatest things that you can do. Recognizing people opposed to recognizing yourself. Don't humble brag. Um, I try to I try to recognize people. My podcast is all about recognizing other people. It's not about what I got when I've done. Uh, it's about the amazing accomplishments. You know, one of the greatest. I just said 100 hours, and my mind just went to 127 hours. My, one of my greatest uh, inspirations and, and great friends, Aaron Ralston, who was uh, 127 hours. The guy ripped, you know, removed his own arm after it was attached to a, a boulder in uh, Blue, uh, Blue John Canyon. Um, you know, I always recognize that he's, I'm, I'm so appreciative of him that like he's, he, he, one day he said to me, he said, Hey, Peach, I really, you know, I really admire you. And I'm like, why? He goes, cause you just do things. It's like, you don't even think about it. And I'm sitting here going, wow, this guy removed his own arm and I'm getting some gratitude from him. I'm feeling good, but I, I don't know if that's really a compliment, but uh, you know, definitely make gratitude your attitude, show appreciation, show appreciation for people, even for the little things. Um, my fiance Amy did something really cool. Uh, I got to give her uh, this this gratitude rec- re- recognition. I think it's a cool thing. She keeps a fully stocked snack tray with drinks and snacks, and has a, a sign with all the people that deliver. Um, you know, whether it's DoorDash or Crescent Ridge, um, Mario's or who, or any of the places that we order from. And we and she's got this really nice letter that's right at the front door with this fully stacked, always fully stacked snack tray with with drinks and food for that for people to take and it's the, the letter below it says thank you for everything that you do and what you've supplied our family over the course of this covid because they put themselves in harm, harm's way to deliver our milk like dave's been here every single week from crescent ridge come hell or high water every monday we're stocked with milk and he puts himself out there we don't we just walk to our front door and open up the milk box so i mean that's something really cool that you know show appreciation for people even for the little things it's a big deal that's i love it we got a question for you. All yeah. right. So Trisha wants to know, yeah. Josh, how did you get through the through the early days? Did you get sad and depressed from all of that loss? If yes, mm-hmm. it is understandable. So yeah. just really quick, talk about that. You know, so what was your mindset when the reality of essentially yeah. losing all your revenue streams hit yeah. you? So um First of all, I, I think that if you're going through something, you should never go through it alone. And I think that if you're going through something tough enough, that you should that you should definitely seek help. Uh, mental health isn't a bad word. 
Uh, mental health isn't something that just people that are born with it get. Mental health is something that you can accomplish by having, you know, things that devastating losses and whatnot. And I, and I share openly that I, I've had ther- a therapist for many, many years. Um, and yes, I went through, um, I went through the realization that, that be awesome might not be awesome anymore. And I realized that, that what's my baby and what I hope to grow and that I was pa- that I've been patient with is now outside of my control. I'm, I'm losing it quickly. And, and I was concerned that I was going to lose my gainful employment. And then what? I mean, I was very fortunate when all this stuff happened and uh, 14% of the country was unemployed. I still, I still had a paycheck coming. I just didn't have, you know, everything that I was, I was expecting and hoping for. So um, it was, it was definitely hard. Um, I think I was in shock for a good couple of months. I think everybody was, I think that there's like these five stages. I, I, I got to get the, the um, paperwork with the, the, um, the, the, framework of it but there's there's five stages when something tragic happens there's like the the initial shock phase then there's the phase like we can get through this then there's this this lull phase and then there's this uncertainty phase like this is going to last forever um and they all vary in how long they last and i think my shock phase started march uh, my shock phase actually started march i think 11th or 12th i was in jimmy v's restaurant in north carolina where i go very often it's typically packed wall to wall and i was the only person in there and I was like, wow, this is really, this is really bad. And I'm 700 miles from home. And so I think I was in like a form of like denial and shock, probably from March to May. Um, and then all the social arrest, unrest and everything started to happen. And then that just consumed you. So it was like, I don't think I actually got to think about it until August when we were supposed to go on family vacation. And I was, I was pretty down. Um, I was uh, uncertain of what was going to happen. Um, but again, I had people around me. My my family and my house has been unbelievably supportive because they 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 have to deal with the brunt of the of the BS and the pain every night that I deal with all my conversations with my dad or the fact that my mother and ninety eight year old grandmother live next door to us and I haven't been in their house since last February. I mean, how bad is that? Uh, you know, t- t- terrified that you're going to give somebody something that you don't know if you've got or not to the point where your own family lives next door to you and you don't go in their house. Um, so yeah, but you, you gotta, you gotta have people around you. And, um, if you feel like you, you need someone to talk to and you don't have someone, then you you need to find someone that's professional that can, that can guide you through it. I know my therapist has helped me immensely if for nothing else to give me an hour of my 168 given every week to just stop and, and think about things just even if it's nothing. Powerful stuff, Josh. Uh, we have another question. Um, which we addressed a little bit earlier. So Trisha wants to know how we know each other. So I think that she came on a little bit later, but she wants to know how does supply the why, no Josh, and vice versa. So Trisha, just really quick, I'll touch upon it. Um, what I just got into this podcasting, webcasting game uh, about eight eight months ago. And when I was looking to get started, I didn't know what end of the microphone I was supposed to talk into. I didn't know what side of the computer I was supposed to look at. I didn't know anything. So I had, uh, was looking for help. I knew that I had something that I wanted to say, a message that I wanted to get out there, but I didn't know how to do it. So I got connected with Josh through some mutual friends, and Josh kind of crimped me along and took me, told me, hey, take a breath. Like that take a breath thing is real. He did tell me to take a breath. I called him flipping out one night. Yeah. I thought that I, I ruined some content and I didn't know how to how to retrieve it. And Josh um, was great about that. So that's kind of 
how we how we started out. We I guess we knew each other years ago in high school. Yeah, you know, Indirect, like, indirectly. Yes, competing, competing towns graduated high school the same year. Uh, hadn't seen each other since 1994, 90. Yep. Well, 93 was when Clunan hurt his arm. Right, it was 93 yep. football season. Yeah, yep. so. So not, uh, not probably a, probably a party maybe in 1994, but yeah. the, the long and short is it was a lifetime ago when we saw each other. We were both yeah. very different people uh, back then. So that's how we know each other. Yep. So uh, we have another comment. It says, seeking help is not a sign of weakness. Thanks for promoting yep. that, Josh. I can't I can't agree with you more um, about that, Josh. Um, and that's something that if you stay tuned, you may see something about that here on Supply of the Y. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's that makes sense. for that. I can't like I can't imagine the the work that you have to do as a police officer and, and all police officers, um, because if people don't take care of their their mental health first and foremost, that could make a that could make a routine call into a, a really bad one um, because of all of the tension, stress, and anxiety someone has, and you're going into something not knowing, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's it's important on so many levels and. And that goes that goes with everybody has a story. So it might not you might not be the one that has mental health, but beeping your horn at someone that's driving too slow, uh, they might be on their last their last thread. I mean, we're we're seeing road rage incidents, you know, like crazy right now, and it's just because people are just so burnt out and having such a hard time. So the the people that aren't having mental health issues and challenges really need to be even more mindful of the people that might and and have even more restraint with their actions. And be kind, you know, it's, I mean, how hard is it to be kind? <laughs> even when, even when people aren't kind, it's kind of like a, a Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, the the best, <laughs> the best speech ever to the bouncers. Be nice. Just be nice until you don't need it until you can't be nice. And then that's when he takes over. And that's, and that's true. <laughs> but, but I got to say though, Josh, it seems like it's hard. You know, yeah. a lot of people like, let's think, let's, let's, let's talk this through a little bit. When people are going through emotional situations, it takes a great deal of emotional intelligence to be able to recognize that, hey, I'm about to lash out on somebody that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And to be able to, to recognize that and actually pump the brakes and refocus your energy in a way where you're not lashing out on somebody who doesn't deserve it. We, we've all done it. I mean, I, I know I've done it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a human being just like anybody else. There's been times where, you know, maybe I, I've... I've been a little short with somebody close to me, whether it's a wife, a parent, my kids, uh, yeah. a beloved coworker. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it happens. Well, it's, I mean, there's a couple of pieces to that, right? And, and one of them is ego, right? And someone someone wrongs you, and your ego kicks in, and you're like, I'm not going to let that person talk to me like that. I'm not going to let that person do this. I'm not going to, you know, this company's not going to screw me out of my 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 whatever it is. I'm not, you know, your delivery's late or whatever your your problem is. And, and instead of thinking that people are trying to wrong you, like I'll give, I'll give the education system a good example, because they've just been kicked one side up and down the other. And I'm not saying that they're all right, but I mean, how many superintendent of schools or school committees are like sitting at like, uh, like Montgomery Burns from the Simpsons, just going like this and going, (laughs) I'm going to keep the kids home. I'm going to keep the kids home. Like what's the, what's the benefit to them? Like, you have to stop and think, what is their benefit to that? And let me try to talk with logic opposed to emotion. Let me try to figure out what makes sense here because it really isn't what you're probably thinking. It's like all of the problems that you have in the world, like if you really didn't think about it um, and you stopped all the 99 things that it might be, uh, you'll get to the one thing that it is at some point. But we were so consumed with all the possibilities. But 
people aren't that bad as a rule. And the ones that are, you can, you can weed out pretty quick. Um, and that's when you try to avoid them. I mean, get the book talking to crazy. There's another book, uh, Ryan holiday ego is the enemy. It's worth, it's worth reading. Um, because it definitely gives you a lot of insight to that. So Josh on a positive note, yeah. Karen says, Josh, please share how people uh, can order be awesome shirts. Karen, the executive director of the chamber of commerce and one of the best sales representatives of be awesome. They can go to B E A U S M as in Mary, be awesome.com and hit the shop button. Uh, we've got a limited edition, Steve, the jerk shirt. So if you listen to episode one, you hear my rooster, uh, try to attack me. And, uh, he's, he's in the, uh, intro music and we made a Steve, the jerk St. Patrick's day shirt. That's going to get printed, uh, actually next week. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. And $3 of every shirt right now. Um, we've made a commitment to the DuPont ice arena, <clears throat> which is the only full size hockey rink in Washington, DC. And it's in a really tough precinct. Um, like people get shot right outside the hockey rink. Um, and they provide countless different programs along with using the, uh, using uh, the, the space where the arena is to have greenhouses and grow produce and sell them on the corners for uh, the neighborhood. They also provide uh, free speed uh, hockey and figure skating for 3,000 of the local youth. Uh, Mimi Biney, the first African-American speed skater in the Olympics, actually trained there. And uh, my goal is to have a food pantry there that anyone in the community uh, can go and and get a, a free meal. They have to do something to get it. So they're the uh, executive director there, Ty Newberry. He is a stickler for this. You don't get given a free ride for anything. So whether you sweep the floor up or you pick up around the bleachers or you put some in the hockey pads away, you have to do something if you want to get something, And uh, which is fair. But my goal is to raise enough money to put a food pantry there at some point in my grandfather's memory. That, that's amazing, Josh. Good for you. All right. So again, Josh, is it, uh, why don't you throw that information in the comments? Yep. And again, if you want to share a link with me, I will share that uh, during the week too, for people that want to come back, visit the supply of the Y page, that information will be there. So Kevin says, while you're doing that, Kevin says, talking to a professional and listening to them can make all the difference in the world. We see so much that it's hard to process on our own. The professionals really know how to break it all down. Well said, Kevin. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. So let's get to some positive stuff. Yeah. What do you got cooking? What What's exciting for, for 2021 that's uh, going to help us remember, you know, how awesome yeah. life is and, 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 and really get your brand back out there again? Yeah. So we're, um, we're working on some really cool uh, podcast guests. We've been um, really trying to, to, to make sure that we have the, 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 um, the guest more than we have the episode. So a lot of podcasts are, you know, they're just putting episodes out just to put episodes out. So I'm, I'm trying to get some of my, um, my, my guests that, and timing has been tough. So I'm trying to have Andrew, Bra Andrew Brash, who was, um, uh, a friend of mine that I met a couple years ago. Uh, he, 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 he was a keynote before me in Banff, Alberta a couple years back. And, uh, he opened up his keynote with the first time he attempted to reach the summit of uh, Mount Everest. He actually uh, climbed twice. The first time he made it about 50 meters from the top and found someone that was assumed to be dead. That was actually alive. Uh, that was left up there the day before and carried him down and, and brought the, brought this gentleman back to life. Um, amazing story. So we're, we're working on some really great guests for the podcast. Um, we're going to be doing uh, public speaking and to start offering. Um, we're we're going to be looking to do uh, camps uh, locally. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that this, this, this opens up by the end of the year. I'd really like to do an event um, 
at Oaks Ames Memorial Hall, which is one of the podcast guests I had, Frederick Ames. I'd like to have a, a an event where I bring a couple of speakers, a couple of my friends, uh, like David Cooks, who uh, writes a book from paralysis to purpose. He became paralyzed um, from a spinal aneurysm at 13, and his his accomplishments and everything that he's done since then uh, is amazing. So having some uh, some really dynamic speakers come out for an event that uh, anybody can attend. It's not going to be just limited to uh, you know, spend, you have to spend a lot of money to be there. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna look to, to, um, come up with some new content. The new one is always find time to celebrate. We're building around that. I, I really have to get down and I have to write. There's no excuse for me not to write a book other than I'm awful at writing. I'm decent at speaking. I'm terrible at writing. Uh, my nickname is run on around the house because my sentences, I think I sent you one or two of my emails. You're like, when does this sentence stop and the next <laughs> paragraph begin? So, um, but I really need to start getting to work on that because, um, you know, I, I committed to doing it three years ago and I'm, I'm not that far along. So, um, yeah. And I, I, uh, I had supply though. I, as my podcast guest, I just oh, saw you're jumping into the chat there. Yeah, hold on. Let me put that that. Up there. Uh, yeah. I don't want to jump on that. Oh, I didn't see you even do that. That's pretty cool. You, you like, so you sit here and tell me about how, you know, I helped you, but you've shown me so much with technology and you're just moving the switchboard around doing all this stuff. You're like a magician. And I'm sitting here just like, <laughs> I got, I, I had to go on to the Facebook page to put my post on. So I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, you, it's like you said, you learn, you make mistakes and you get back up and you, uh, you make adjustments if you want, if you're real, if you, if yeah. you, you know what I mean? If you're real and you really want to do something long-term, that's what you do. So Mike, yeah, I've already been on, um, on Josh's podcast. There is a link. Uh, that I believe is on the Supply of the Y page. If not, we will go ahead and get that up there. But yes, I've, I've been on his podcast. I will, I will put the uh, session up, I'll put, find it, and I will get it on here uh, mm -hmm. for everybody as well. So um, let me go back to answer a question. So, so Trisha wants to know, yes, I am in Stoughton. I am, I'm from Stoughton. My family has been in town here since 1976. And Trisha says, if she will be supporting, be awesome as well. Glad to have found us. Thanks to Jasmine from church who sent her the link around 5 p.m. tonight. So thank you again for joining us. And thank you, Jasmine, for spreading the love. We appreciate it. So Kevin says that ego needs to be replaced by appreciation. We are still in a great profession, and there are a whole lot of people looking for work and going through bad times. Kevin, I believe, is on the job, as we say in police work. Yeah. All right. Thank so, you. Thank you for your, thank you for uh, what you do, uh, Kevin. That's um, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of appreciation out there for uh, the work that you do. And sadly, there's a lot of not appreciation out there. And I think you just focus on as much of the appreciation as you can. I got a lot of family members in uh, in the field, and it's I know how tough it can be. Yeah, absolutely. It's um. It's, it's, you know, I, I, I didn't want this to turn into anything about what I do, but since yeah. people have brought it there, um, you know, police work right now, it's, it's a strange beast right now. It is very much damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, we're at a strange time. You know, people want the police when it's convenient for them, but when it's not convenient for them, now we're a nuisance and we are in a, you know, we are a, a, an, an unnecessary evil in a lot of people's eyes. There's people that think that they could, that society could actually function function without without police, which is, um, yep. I guess, it, I guess that would be a perfect world. You know, if you didn't need police, but, but um, it's yeah. not the world. I mean, if everybody was a law abiding citizen and everybody went by the certain, 
you know, standards of everything, then I guess you don't need anyone. But I think that everyone, there's always people, I, I'm not going to say that I've never broken a lot. I've got speeding tickets. I've got things that I've probably done in my past. Um, but if, you know, I think that uh, police are definitely a necessary um, for keeping the peace, you know, uh, and a couple of bad, <clears throat> a couple of bad ones shouldn't ruin the bunch. Is it peaches? Do peaches come in bunches? What do they come in bundles? I don't even eat peaches. That's my last name. You don't. Oh, <clears throat> man, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you're but, out man. I'll tell you what, when, when the season comes around, you come over to the house, I got one of the most beautiful peach trees. It didn't bear fruit ever uh, for almost 25 years. And the last two years we have had such a, uh, uh, just hundreds and hundreds of them. And, uh, yeah, I just never Josh, got into pe them. Peaches are in the Mount Rushmore of fruit, my friend. Oh, you man. Know I mean? So, so I, I don't have to ask me twice. And yeah. the, the, uh, the something you also might not know is for those of us that like to smoke, that's one of the things I like to do. I like to smoke ribs and pulled yeah. pork and things like that. Peach is amazing. Really? For pork. Oh, it's amazing for pork and chicken. Anything oh, white man. meat, my goodness, it's nice and gentle. Like I said, we're going to go off on a whole different. Oh, yeah. well, I don't, but, I'll start uh, telling you about the pastrami that my childhood friend Scott Rosati made for me this this weekend, which didn't stand a chance in my house. I ate, I ate it in about a millisecond. So yeah, I'm all about smoking smoked foods and meats, and I could go. Yeah, we could go for days. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk more about that off the air. Yeah. But that's 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 a that's a passion of mine that unfortunately I don't have a lot of time to do these days. But I shall return to uh to the yeah. Uh, well, one of my one of my goals in life, I told Amy this the other day, is one of my one of my quiet secret goals in life is to actually um, start something that plants fruit trees at schools, because schools have some of the most most beautiful grounds. We have apple trees at the top of our driveway, and and when I was asked why I did that, I live on a very busy street. Um, it's so that when apples grow, that people can just stop and take for some free free apples, because. Uh, why not? And so I think it'd be really cool that if schools had schools have all these beautiful shrubs and trees and everything, but they don't do anything like they're good for appearance. Like how cool would it be to have, you know, a couple of good apple trees in front of an elementary school where you could pick the apples and put them in the cafeteria for the kids to eat and they know where it comes from. So, um, well, Josh, I got to jump in on that. Yeah. Now, here's the difference between you and your be awesome mindset where you are glass half full. And me as my 17 years in law enforcement mindset. So yeah. I, when you I, say I know that, where you're going. I know where I you're think, going. You know what? You're going to put those trees up and some opportunist <clears throat> is going to show up and yeah. going to pillage those trees of all those apples and then turn around mm. and sell them roadside someplace. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's because I kind of know that's how it's going to happen because that's yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's what people do. That's a risk I'd be willing to take. It goes back to that Ty Newberry with the DuPont Ice Arena. I asked him, you know, because it's in a very bad area in Washington, D.C. I said, what what happens if if someone steals that pro what happens if people steal the produce and he says well they obviously need it a lot more than we do and so you know if somebody's going to steal the apples or they're going to do whatever then you know uh, I, I guess that's a risk i'd want to be willing to take because there's a lot of hungry kids and if you know we could provide them and if not just provide them show them how where food comes from mm -hmm. my grandparents were immigrants we grew it we grew we we grew or killed what we ate for the most part uh, very simple means. And uh, we had chickens and rabbits and gardens. And, and my grandfather was an unbelievable gardener. So I know where food comes from, fresh food. I didn't have any processed foods or McDonald's or any of that stuff when I was a kid. I was very lucky. I didn't realize it back then. But um, yeah, it's um, it's one of my personal goals is to develop some sort of program to put put fruit trees at schools. And people, people will probably look at that as a devil's advocate. I thought you were going to go with the kids are going to throw the apples against the window or something and like, you know, giving them a, something that something to do, smashing apples against the building. So I'd rather them steal it than that. Yeah. So. <laughs>
but again, this just speaks to to, to mindset and, and how and how you have the um. I'm going to say the good fortune to be able to live on the glass half full side because it's the type of thing where even, as much as I would want to live on the glass half full side, mm-hmm. I can't undo 17 of my 45 years on this earth in the things that I've seen, smelled, heard, tasted, and been a part of. Yeah. I, it, it's hard. It's hard to undo that now. It's become the fat part of the fabric of who I am as a person. I yeah. try to be positive and I try to see the good in people and things like that. But if you put me in a room with 10 people and one of them is a thief, I'm, I'm, I might be able to mock that thief. You know what I mean? Where the average person might not have a good idea. And it's because of those experiences that you, that you have, it's, it's, it becomes a self-preservation thing. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't unlearn anything that you see and, or, or that you experience. And that's why it's so important, you know, with, with get raising kids the best that we can, these kids are going to be pushing us around in our wheelchairs. So giving them the best experience and trying to minimize their, uh, negative impact on the things that they feel, see, and experience is something that we should all be working at, not just a selective few or just counting on the parents and, and you know, trying to just do better. And it's, you know, um, it's not always easy. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I applaud and appreciate it. It's, it's, anyone that's in, uh, that's given, you know, putting their, put, you, you know, signed a check up to, up to payable, up to their life. And that's anybody in our first responders and, and, uh, and military. Uh, you know, thank you, because it doesn't matter why you signed up or how you signed up. You you put yourself in a position where there's things that you wish you could unlearn that you you're just not going to be able to. It doesn't doesn't matter how hard you are. It doesn't matter how you know big, bad, and tough you are. Um, that's that that stuff sticks with you. So I'll I'll share something real quick. Um, one of the things, one of the uh, the unspoken side effects of of my job is like you know you hear me sometimes. I talk about the finality of life. I try to put it as a, politically correct and as nice as I can, um, death. And it affects people different ways. So I've had people where I have been there when a loved one has taken their last breath or shortly thereafter. And some people, when they see me, they've broken down into tears just by the sight of me. Mm-hmm. I've had people that come up and hug me. And one of the worst things that's ever happened to me, I had a woman who saw me. I'm the only black cop in Stoughton, so she knew it was me. And she ran when she saw me in the car. She couldn't stand the sight of me because it reminded her of, of the worst day of her life. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot to carry around. That's tough. Yeah, that's t- that's a that's a that's a tough reality that you have to deal with. That this is you you mean different things to different people. Um, when, and, when they, you know it, when you were just there trying to be human to them, but, but because the gravity of that moment was so heavy for them, that um this this one woman she actually uh she turned around. You, you, the experiences that you, every experience you have is unique and you remember, you, you know, you remember all of them and they're just this all over the place. Right. Um, and that's going to be heartbreaking. Like every time that you, it is. See, every time you would see her, um, you know what, you know what you're, you know, kind of what you're in for. Right. It was just like, uh, one, it was, it was one, it was the first time she'd seen me since. And then yeah. since then I've seen this person and, yeah. um, and we're back to like, I'm a hugger. Like I'm a yeah. bit like people who know me out there. Like hello, everybody out there that knows me. I'm I'm a hugger, and I'm I'm, a, you know, like I'm I'm. If I like you, I'm very. Um, so that was, that was, that was actually gonna be my question. When you're put in those situations and you're you're on 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 the beat, I think that's how you would say it. Um, <laughs> do you hug when you? I mean, do you hug people that are going through stuff? Or I mean, pre 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 COVID. Yeah, I, I I give them the option. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, especially when you become a supervisor, your job, if you're a good supervisor, 
you don't make your people give mm-hmm. thing give give bad news. That's your mm-hmm. job is to give bad news. You know, mm-hmm. like real like that kind of bad news. Not like, hey, you know, your license is suspended. I'm towing your car. I'm talking about like end of life bad news. Like that's your job. Mm-hmm. So I have always been the kind of person where if I see somebody is having a human reaction to that kind of news, I will ask them, I said, you know, is there anything I can do for you? I mean, can I, you know, can I, you know, if someone's, you know, usually women, like I'm saying, can I give you a hug? Yeah. You know, do you, you know, and, and a lot of times I, I haven't been turned down yet, Yeah. you know, and a lot of times I think that makes people feel better just knowing that you are, uh, you, you, you're, you're having a human moment with them and you are, you're bonded with them and you're acknowledging that their pain is real and their pain is valid. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's part of what people want. And, and I, and I, I, I have to believe that, that it's, that it's the right way to do it. And, and, um, and I, and I, if I, if that's ever a thing where I can't do that anymore, I don't know if I'll be right for this job. I'm always going to want to be there for, uh, for people that are feeling that. Yeah. Think, think about that. Just think about the number of people that have gone through hurt and couldn't get a hug from, from officer Dean. Uh, when they went through something for COVID, our, our youngest son uh, fell and fell and hit his head pretty hard. It looked like he had a head grown out of his head. We got nervous and freaked out, and we we're just thinking about like, if we had to take him to the hospital, is he going to be alone? You know, what's that like? Like, think about the people that are going through stuff that had nobody that would get a hug from you or you know an affirmation from someone in a hospital that can't get it right now with COVID. That's that's hard. Um, so, and, and it, like you say, if we can't do that again, cause I'm a high five handshake and hugger myself. Yeah. When I go to an event, whatever you want, I'm, I'm, I'm down. You want a handshake, you want a high mm-hmm. five, you want a hug, whatever. Um, and, and that's a hard thing. So. Uh, and, and, and for the record, I'm sorry, Josh, you know, I see this comment here. It's not that I take it personal cause I don't take it personal. I, I really don't think it's about me, mm-hmm. but it is painful um, to think that when somebody sees you, that you remind them you're a constant reminder of the worst day of their life. Yeah. Like that's not something that's not natural. That's not something human beings aren't meant um, to be that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's not, that's not what we're, what we're meant to be. And cause I mean, think about it when you do something nice for somebody without even knowing it, you, you get like endorphins, you feel good when you do something nice for somebody and you're there for them. Like right. it's not a conscious thing. It's, it's just a fact. Like you just feel good. Like my kids feel good when they do something and they get that attaboy from from my wife or I. Well, yeah. that doesn't go away when you become a police officer. You feel good when you're there for somebody and you and you're human to somebody at a time where they need somebody to be human to them. Yeah. And um, so that's what it is more so than anything, Kevin. Yeah, that, I, that you know that that I I kind of feel like somehow that woman, um, I don't know. Like I just remind her of the worst day of her life, and sometimes that's tough. That's not that's not ever, ever anybody's intention. That's all. Yeah, you don't you don't ever want to be there, but you, in many cases you have to be, right? So it's like you, you have to be there, and you're like, man, this this is like how hard is like how hard is this? And because you have the experience, you now know that that's going to stick that you were there. Um, but at this at the flip side, it's like, well, maybe you're the greatest person to be there because you handle it better than just about anybody that would have ever handled it. But I totally get what you're saying. You know, it's not personal and it's not about you. I mean, it's a job definitely not do and, uh, and the way that you handle it. Yeah, I didn't take it that way at all. But like I like I said, we're human beings, and and um and we have feelings. We felt oh. lost too, 
so so we you know obviously we, we understand what it's like to be on both sides of that josh we're down to about a minute my man you guys know everybody that's the thing that people need to understand you know the fabric of the community is by by far and above our our, our public employees all around teachers first responders everyone you know everybody so when someone gets hurt or killed or something happens or you have to deliver bad news typically that's somebody you know i mean i can't it's like communities communities especially in new england are family you know, it, we are we are villages that we all know everybody, and you're responsible to do that. You know, being a, being around the schools all the time, so I, I can't imagine. Well, there's definitely like a six degrees of separation thing happening, that's for sure. Yeah. Josh, we got about 15 seconds. Yeah. Last, give us a, some quick shout outs and how people can follow you, how people can like you, and how people can support your your yeah. journeys and your project. I don't know how you did this. You did this with your mother uh, posting on here, and that's fantastic because I tell my family that they can't they can't t let me know that they're on. So I think my mother and Amy are listening to this. So thank you for for, for sitting and listening and not making me nervous with your comments. But yeah, you can find me. You can you can email me Josh J O S H at be awesome, and it's B E A U S M dot com www.beawesome.com. I'm on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm I'm open to doing speaking engagements with with any association, group, or organization. Uh, we talk about how, you know what might be a fit if you can be anything. Be awesome. Always make find always find time to celebrate or just a general talk to look and see what what matters, what should matter, and what why your work is important, whatever that is, and everyone's important. So. Um, I appreciate the opportunity, my friend. This is great. And you're going to be wildly successful. Just like I told you back in July, you are making a huge difference. And when I say wildly successful, it's not just in money. It's in, it's in life. You're making people happy and you're having difficult conversations. I, what, I can't remember what you called it. Beef stew, conversational beef stew. Conversational beef stew. Yeah. <laughs> it's thick, it's chunky, and it's messy, man. And we just got to dive in there and we got to, we just got to eat it one bite at a time. That's what, yeah. that's what a difficult conversation is. Yeah. I'm honored to be a small part of Supply of the Y and uh, always in your corner, my friend, if there's anything I can ever do. Uh, happy to see you growing the way that you're growing and the stuff that you're doing. So uh, keep it up and we will stay in touch. We'll go have a Supply of the Y burger at McGuire's because they're still they're They're having them permanently now. You're like permanently on the menu. How's that? Work? I, I just they just reached out to me and told me that it's a permanent picture in the menu. They've sold, they've sold like 100 of those things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So they decided to keep it on the menu. So I'm on it. Thank you, McGuire's. Um, thank you for people that have gone out and, and eaten that delicious burger. It's bananas. Go try it. Um, yeah. It's a great thing. So we're up against it here. Folks, thank you so much for taking time away from your families. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for staying with me on an episode that's a little bit different than my normal episode because I think it's important to hit on different topics and to, and to bring all kinds of different people together to have difficult conversations and to show people out there that we can get through this these tough times if we just – if we get together, if we talk, if we seek to understand, things can get a little bit better for everybody. So that's all I got for everybody. Good night. Thank you again, Josh. Thank you. And Be we'll kind see everybody everybody. next week. We'll see everybody next week. All right. And always remember, hashtag supply the why.